Hi everyone, this is Graham Cowan and welcome to the Caring CEO podcast brought to you by WeCare365. We created this podcast because we believe that every leader's number one priority is to build a more caring and resilient team who enjoys growing together. It is my job to interview CEOs and other senior leaders who value building both a culture of care and a culture of high performance. I'm very keen to understand how they do this, and we hope there will be lots of insights for anyone who wants to build a high-performing team. Bruce Watson is currently the CEO of WorkCover Queensland. He has always been inspired by the life of Nelson Mandela. He admired his unwavering belief in a better South Africa, fierce focus and determination, coupled with huge empathy and humility. And he's always been a powerful guide in Bruce's life. One of his life highlights was meeting him in person whilst on a mission to help improve safety in South Africa mines. Not surprisingly, he describes the lasting impression from that meeting. Bruce is a very people-focused person and has used these skills in a wide range of roles. It includes being the National Secretary of the CFMEU, Director of Maritime and Power Credit Union, and CEO of Mind, Wealth and Wellbeing. Bruce has a clear purpose in his life, making a positive difference in people's lives every day. He has worked closely with Anthony Howard, who is sometimes known as the CEO Whisperer. I interviewed Anthony in a previous episode of The Caring CEO, and if you haven't heard it, I suggest you check that out. In their first meeting, Anthony asked Bruce, what makes a successful CEO? Bruce had explained what he thought was the main qualities and responsibilities of a successful CEO. Anthony then asked to see Bruce's diary, which of course didn't reflect what he had just described. Bruce immediately said, you're hired. One of the biggest changes that happened whilst Bruce was working with Anthony was cancelling all meetings on Friday afternoon and to use his time for reflection. He has also encouraged his direct report to do this. And at their team meeting on Monday morning, they share those reflections. As you will hear, we'll also discuss some of the priorities of Bruce's private life. This includes discussing a crisis of his family hiking in Nepal when that massive earthquake struck and being stuck there for six days. If you're interested in learning from a humanistic CEO, there are some great lessons from Bruce. Enjoy. It's a real pleasure to welcome Bruce Watson to The Caring CEO. Welcome, Bruce. Thanks very much. Great opportunity to uh, have a discussion. Bruce, what does care in the workplace mean to you? Graham, care is something that that's, has uh, been a huge part of my life, uh, I guess, uh, starting when I was a teenager, uh, the point where my father got uh, terminally, terminally ill and I guess the, the the focus on care started then when I was uh, lost my dad when I was seventeen and uh, I was the third youngest of four boys. Yet wow. uh, at that point, I started to I started to I guess be the de facto uh, leader in the family, mm. which uh, I would normally have thought might go to the firstborn. Mm. Never mind. Uh, but look, that's where the sort of the care really started to um, impress itself on me. And from that point on, I have uh, been an absolute advocate of uh, extreme care in, 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 in 
leadership roles and opportunities to shape and make a difference in in uh, in organisations. Um, I'm a big believer that uh, that that care. If 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 you care for your employees, uh, that care radiates out and multiplies 10, 20 fold to to customers. And I think every leader has an absolute responsibility to ensure that that uh, leadership is it maintains a a strong component of care. I'm a former headhunter. And uh, I'm always intrigued by careers and evolving careers. And uh, I saw that your very first job was as, as a apprentice electrician in a coal mine, and you're now CEO of uh, WorkCover in in Queensland. What uh, quality do you think you have that led to that evolution? That's a good good question, Graham. I I, I feel that I've always. Uh, Going back to you know losing my dad when I was young, it taught me to really make the best of every day and and you know to make uh, make a make a difference and a positive difference. And I've built that into my my life's purpose, uh, and I share that into my work's purpose as well. The I, I think it's the uh, I, I I just think it's the the fact that. Let's 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 make sure that we are spending uh, our valuable, privileged time to one do the right thing and to ensure that we are, you know, working very closely with our with our stakeholders and customers, um, but first and foremost our employees. Mm. And uh, you know, to me, it's 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 the care factor is you know built on a genuine. Connection with employees. I, I I absolutely believe in in that in having a you know a genuine uh, relationship. You know when things maybe don't go so well that you've got a very strong base to build upon. But it's a, a respecting, understanding base that's built on uh, tolerance and 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 then care. I mean the word care just keeps coming back. Uh, it's our tagline for word cover. We cover, we care, mm. and uh, you know. To me, with employees, I uh, I always say, you know, build that genuine level of um, relationship and understanding and uh, of each other. Um, I've I've often people talk about work life balance. Uh, I'm very much a believer of work life integration because it's not. One or the other, or a percentage of each. It's very much about we bring our outside of work life to to work life. Let's understand. Let's share. Let's help each other, support each other. This world can 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 uh, you know some deal some some nasty blows sometimes, and you never know what's around the corner. Definitely. Let's you know, let's get in and support each other, and that way. Uh, I, I am a huge, huge believer in that employees, employees are the secret source of success. Yeah. I love that 
I love that term work-life integration. I very much um, agree with that because when people use the term work-life balance, that implies that life is good, work is bad. <laughs> and uh, for many people, and I'm lucky to be one of those, and I think you are as well, where work gives us tremendous reward and, uh, you know, is part of our it's part of our being. It's our contribution. And, uh, yeah, I love that uh, integration side of things. I read in an article about you, uh, your purpose was making a positive difference to people's lives every day. And please correct me if the article is is wrong, but um, when did that, where did you first write that and articulate it and how has it evolved for you? Very interesting. I uh, I was I was working in the in the mines, and uh, the reason I went into the the mines was uh, my apprenticeship. The company, the apprentice apprenticeship company, was uh, not travelling too well, so I was recommended to go and get a job in the mines and finish my apprenticeship, which I did. Uh, but in in being in the mines, there was um, there was a lot of uh, injuries and fatalities. So, um, you know, what what sort of a difference could I make um, based on, well, I'd seen my father go through and I thought, well, you know, I need to get involved. So mm-hmm. I got I got involved and uh, at the same time, my wife bought a small business, um, uh, a news agency, small but long hours. And, yeah, that uh, would be long hours. <laughs> and it, you know, when we were putting up some, you know, some uh, like lottery advertising, it was about you know uh, uh, make every day a winner, mm. and you know the the people put that banner up along the front, and um, that's something that sat with me for a little while, but not too long, because I thought it's actually not about winning, mm. and the more that I got involved with leadership, and the more I took on more responsibility, it was. It was very much about, you know, how, how do I make a positive difference in this world one person at a time? Start with myself and it's not about winning. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, but it's about, and even today, I, I see my, my role as the, as the conductor of the orchestra. Mm. I, I can't make all the music. Mm. I've got a lot of good people who can. Mm. And for me, it's about keeping that, the organisation in harmony as as, as as much as possible and and uh, ready for the next unknown. Yeah, and obviously an executive team, the people report to you, is the core of the organisation. How do you? What's the foundation that you found is really critical to a caring and high performing team? Well, I, I think having uh, clarity clarity of purpose and 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 uh, and vision is is most important. But if I think on the individual side, I can't ever walk away from the the, the powerfulness of of uh, you know great self awareness. And um, you know, to me, uh, great self awareness uh, is a is a huge is a great base for you know for building good leaders and 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 ongoing. I've recently completed my goodness knows how many number. Th- 360, and uh, some great nuggets uh, within that, uh, you know, of, of, of suggestions and advice um, to help me. We're learning every single day. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, the openness, you know, 
self-awareness and the openness to continuous learning and growth. That inquiring mindset is is uh, just so powerful and I guess routed off, you know, we've got this wonderful thing called time, which we, I'm sure, can all learn how to use it better. Um, but one of the things that I also find is uh, the absolute need to be able to put aside uh, and, sh- and, and systemize time for reflection, mm. and time for, uh, you know, I guess for planning as well. Mm. And uh, I give I give enormous thanks to my 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 uh, business coach uh, Anthony Howard. Who, when I first met uh, Anthony, we were having a discussion before I I uh, uh, joined with him on this journey. Um, Anthony said to me, "So, what's a CEO do?" And uh, I start, well, you know. Um, Design, you know, strategy with the board and implements and monitors, and and he said, "Can I have a look at your diary?" <laughs> and uh, he looked at my diary. He said, "Now, Bruce, could you explain the strategy in your diary, please?" <laughs> and I said, "Anthony, you're hired." <laughs> uh, can I say from that point on, I went to move to with with great support and assistance to you know blocking out uh, periods of time to to being um, you know I'm, I'm traditionally a very open open person, but mm-hmm. you know you, there needs to be boundaries on that. Mm-hmm. There needs to be my time. Uh, there needs to be thinking time, and I ended up uh, reducing durations of meetings and. Uh, I, I practice it now. My whole executive team, uh, Friday afternoons, no one annoys anyone else. We're at work. Don't worry. Mm. It's not, we're not on the golf course or anything. <laughs> uh, but it's it's reflection and focus time, and it's enormously, enormously powerful. What do you do in that afternoon? What sort of questions do you ask yourself to review the week? Uh I, I'm a big believer in leveraging strengths. So the first thing I do is I focus on on what's 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 gone well, and and not just to celebrate what's gone well. It's very important to celebrate, but why did it go well? Always looking for that deeper meaning. Then to be able to and, and Monday mornings our executive meetings every Monday, so you know we share our reflections uh, at our executive meeting as a as a check in, and. The other uh, the other part for me then is just saying, okay, well, what didn't I complete? And again, why? What? We're going to say I. What didn't I? Or what wasn't completed that was expected? Mm. Uh, but then it's also a period of time for me to what have I learnt during the week? What what do I want to build into next week that I want to focus on? Is it something new? Is it some new? You know, has there been change in the Global economics that I just need to be across. Is there a is there a change in legislation? You know, bar, you know government, political circles. Uh, so it, it's sort of, I guess it's 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 high level, but it's also uh, the key is to keep it as strategic as possible. But it's you know I'm just really checking in on myself with time, and you know I guess caring as well because. 
it's uh, it can be a very lonely role, the the CEO, and it's uh, it's an you know it's a role that can take a lot out of you, and you need to be able to look after yourself and uh, and 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 take that time to reflect. But you know, I've I always say I have a little note right next to my little right next to me here: be kind not only to others but kind to self. And you know you can't look after others if you're not looking after yourself. So it's take, taken me a while to to practice that more. <laughs> I won't say to learn it, but to practice it more. We're singing from the um, same hymn sheet. I talk about you know three things we need to think about: self care, crew care, which is your team, and red zone care. Red zone care is looking out for those that could be having a bit of a tough time. And um, yeah, how do you? identify that, how do you have the AUA code conversation, how do you best support them sort of thing. So uh, that trifecta, I think, is, um, you know, is really coming to full focus. Oh, absolutely. It's, and and we've, we're definitely seeing that, uh, you know, with the rise of mental injury claims mm. um, across the country, across the world. Some would say there hasn't necessarily been a rise in 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 the number of instances, it's just that with the reduction of the stigma attached to it, that people are more prepared to come forward, and that's good because it's important people get help early. Yeah. And uh, but that's you know that impacts on our people that are dealing with those claims a lot, and so we are very focused on caring for our people and supporting our people, and uh, to make sure that uh, they can not only take care of themselves but then look after others. Yeah. You mentioned about, you know, your continual learning and evolving and that you had just been through a 360 review. In terms of the upside and positive, were there any surprises there for you that that um, you weren't aware of or, or you didn't realise how significant that was? Uh, they've been pretty consistent over the years. I, 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 I think it probably wasn't necessarily in the scoring uh, as such, it was probably more in the in in the supportive comments. You know, the there some real nuggets of gold there, and and I guess uh, people know me as a very much a humanistic, caring leader. Mm. However, I've I've tried very hard to ensure that I'm. Well-rounded on the on the technical side uh, of 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 business, of, of which I've always had a good understanding and handle of. But to me, I was pleased with the comments that uh, were recognising that shift. Uh, it's it's in times of crisis like COVID. Uh, I guess whereas I've been a a leader that. Is 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 happy, very happy to ensure that my executive uh, get all the credit and and uh, you know they they can tend to to be the, the the guiders of the strategy and delivery of the strategy and I'm the overall as say conductor. But uh, you know in times of of crisis, you know the need to step in, especially on communications and. And ensure that there's that one consistent message, um, which I did, and people were thankful for that, and uh, and and that was recognised. So, um, I, I guess probably, yeah, more of the you know the areas we've 
we've all got opportunities and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy feedback. I appreciate feedback and, and I always strive for better every day. I'm a person that, as I say, every one of my inductions, I say to people, uh, I'm not a fan of the word best because best will mean different to everybody. One thing I do know that we know and can align on is the word better. And I inspire people to do better every day. And I try myself. I role model that. So, yeah. What do you do for your uh, self-care and being kind for yourself? How do you keep fuel in your tank? Oh, that's a that's a tough question, Graham. Uh, <laughs> look, I um, uh, it, it's to me, it's uh, the afternoons. I'll take uh, take my chocolate poodle for a for a walk. Um, that's good. And uh, but I, I live a, a bit of a distance away from the city now, so that can be late. But still, to try and get out and have a small bit of exercise. Uh, I absolutely enjoy family time mm. and uh, you know connecting with friends. But uh, otherwise, uh, something entirely different. I I have an interest in and a, a few. Uh, hopefully, fast racehorses, <laughs> and uh, that uh, that's something totally different, which uh, I switch off on on Saturdays and enjoy. But um, yeah, besides that, you know, we we love to travel. Haven't had too much of that, um, mm. but planning's uh, a lot of the fun, and you know, we're just planning to go away later this year for the first time and reschedule from twenty twenty due to COVID. Yeah, it's been a bit of a long wait for many of us, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> How did you first get interested in horse racing? I, I, I think I, I progressed from the uh, from the poor man's racehorse, the greyhounds. Uh, so yeah. I, I think uh, when I was working the mines, there was a couple of people that that had uh, the greyhounds. Uh, I guess when I was younger too, I was I was quite competitive. I was a sprinter and and. Um, Young and one of four boys always outdoing each other, and okay. uh, but then to yeah, so I raced a few, you know, I had a few greyhounds and started breeding and and uh, learned a lot about that. But then yeah, just to progressed progressed up to uh, mind you, uh, I only have small shares in <laughs> toenails, as I say. <laughs> um, but the but the interest there is like, look, I, I think a, a horse is an absolutely beautiful animal that. Can teach us a lot, and of course, there's. Uh, uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm really intrigued to uh, introduce uh, the equine uh, uh, side to to leadership development because uh, very powerful. They are so perceptive, and uh, they, you know, it's it, it can really teach us uh, teach us a lot. And I've I've read a lot about it, but I haven't actually involved yet. But so uh, yeah, look. The horse itself is uh, what I intrigues me, and then the racing is a look a little bit of fun, and um, uh, it's 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 you know an interest which I totally switch off from other things, so yeah. which, is, which is hard to do. A former colleague of mine is now involved with equine therapy, and uh, you know people that have got post traumatic stress or traumas in the background um, just get amazing benefit through their connection with the horse. It's um, Quite extraordinary. I think it's very similar to the uh, to the you know, to the therapy dogs and mm. things like that, just at a larger version. But they're uh, yeah, very very powerful, very worthwhile. 
Thanks for being part of the Care First movement. You may be interested in some free resources that we've prepared at wecare365.com.au. The first resource is a Building a Mentally Healthy Culture Checklist, which contains all the elements that you'll need to prepare and launch a mentally healthy workplace program and how to build momentum for up to a year after that launch. The second resource is how to support a teammate or a loved one in distress poster. This provides guidance about how to identify someone who's struggling, how to have the are you okay conversation with empathy, and how to guide them to the help they need. These resources can be found at wecare365.com.au. You talked before about, you know, your enjoyment of being overseas and travelling and that sort of thing, and um, I read that you happened to be in Nepal with your family when those really terrible earthquakes hit. What was that like? Wow, absolutely. Uh, as a leader who tries to prepare oneself and others for the next unknown, uh, nothing could have prepared us for that. We literally walked all day uphill and absolutely exhausted and we're doing a trek and then uh, this earthquake hit and uh, we were upstairs in a, in a in a building that just literally crumbled or fell away because they're very lightly made mm-hmm. uh, and we all just, we didn't go down the stairs, we just jumped from one floor to, to another to, to get out onto some, onto some uh, uh, plain area of ground. It was, it was, it was, it was. It was awful, and uh, you know my children, teenagers. But uh, I can tell you, they were very. Uh, everyone was was traumatized, and I think the hardest part was that we were had to stay on the mountain for three or four days, and there was sixty seven earthquakes or tremors over six. I think uh, um, that continued to shake the place consistently. So. Uh, I know I didn't sleep for all those days, and uh, it was uh, very hard trying to just even to, you know to keep the family together, let alone um, support others and you know give uh, give support to others. Uh, my, you know, we, as they do over there, they won't let you do it unless you uh, do the trek, unless you have a porter and um, a guide and a, and a couple of porters. So family of five, uh, we very heard very quickly that. Uh, one of our porters um, had two of members of his, of his family killed, and wow. the house house absolutely gone. By the time that we had got down the mountain, all of our porter, our guide, and two porters, their properties and families had all been impacted. And um, we actually came back to Australia and immediately did fundraising, and we've raised enough funds to re- for those three families to rebuild their homes, and uh, just as a way of giving back. Now uh, it was sort of we haven't been back since. It's unfinished business. Our purpose of going over there was very interesting. I had been doing a lot of fundraising over the years for a, a group called the Adara Foundation. It's all about uh, stopping trafficking of of women. Uh, in in Nepal and educating uh, young women, and so I was asked to go over there to select the next group of young women to be put through and funded through schooling and right through to university. 
which was a great privilege, but uh, that uh, sadly didn't happen. But I didn't get to go. Uh, I'm very pleased to say that the schooling uh, and education has continued, and I've continued to support the Adara Foundation, which is does amazing work on the smell of an oily rag, as a lot of foundations. Yeah, yeah, very much so, and really great, great work. You've had uh, some interesting roles, um, Bruce. I see here you were once a national secretary for the CFMEU. Um, you were CEO of Mind and Wealth and Wellbeing, um, been on the board of the Personal Injury Foundation. When you joined WorkCover, what were the things that you decided were really important to focus on? It has been an interesting journey. I never would have thought that uh, uh, all planned to be where I am today, but uh, I've always embraced every opportunity as it's as it's come my way. I, I think if I just ref- reflecting on that, at each one of those uh, opportunities, you know, I I learned a lot, and I was always one to to you know to to back back myself in the sense of the ability the, the ability to work with others. It's not about me. It's never been about me. About working with others to, you know, to achieve the uh, strategic outcomes or goals, mm-hmm. and um, working with the union was very important to me because that was very much about safety and improving safety and working conditions. Uh, as I say, there was a lot of fatalities around me, um, and that was the driving force. Uh, it also enabled me to travel to South Africa and uh, to meet Nelson Mandela and uh, to have some amazing. Amazing experiences uh, as we helped uh, others in other countries to improve their uh, mining safety standards as well. But when, when I back to your question, when I I uh, I got to uh, to work cover, the key drivers for me there were it was a it was a transactionally sound business. Uh, the parts that I wanted to really uh, focus on was the customer management, customer experience, and, and I'll include internal customers with that and external customers, as I've mentioned before. It's, if you get it right internally, it multiplies many times externally, uh, but also on, on the improvement of, uh, of technology and uh, technology just to, 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 make it, to make it easier and uh, easier to, to work with and you know, provide much more information so that people Help organisations to be uh, to do a better job of maintaining safe workplaces, and mm-hmm. you know we're at the end of the line, sadly. So it's uh, you know it's 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 really whatever we can do at the uh, the front end. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a huge advocate of it, and, mm-hmm. and to that end, I'm also on the Workplace Health and Safety Board of Queensland, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, you know a, a huge privilege to be able to to uh, Again, make a positive difference. I want to talk more about uh, work cover and, the, and um, you know your priorities there, but I can't go past you meeting uh, Nelson Mandela. And I saw in your background as well, he's been a big influence to you. How? What was he like to meet in person? I only had a few minutes with him, but uh, a few minutes, uh, the impact was like it was a few weeks. Uh, the the humility that he um, was just so humble and just so appreciative that I and others had taken time to 
come to his country and to actually to be part of the cause of uh, not only unifying South Africa, but also in the sense of improving working conditions and safety for miners. And uh, but my, my time with him, we talked about Robben Island. We talked about uh, how, how, you know, we, we had, well, he raised about how we'd uh, done a lot of fundraising to help end apartheid. And I didn't realise, but the area that I came from in Wollongong was the, the only organisation in the world that had a continuing weekly donation uh, towards the end of apartheid. Wow. Every other place gave one-off donations. And uh, he was extremely thankful for that. But that, uh, I, my, that hair on my neck still, uh, still comes up when I talk about this because it was just such a, a beautiful but amazing and powerful experience as, he, as he, he, he spent nearly all the time giving thanks, giving thanks to us. Uh, he didn't, you know, he answered questions when I asked about Know, what was the uh, the hardest thing for him in his time on Robben Island, and uh, and he, he said the environment. You know, he said, uh, and I said, but n- no trouble in keeping you know focus on the prize. And he said, no, not at all. Mm. Made me stronger. Yeah. Um, but but to have you know, I think the he's so humble and and such a, a beautiful person. Uh, but I'll never forget the. The fierce focus of his eyes, uh, I, I could it just um, it's etched in my brain and uh, uh, in my mind. And you know, I often often reflect back to those few minutes that I had with uh, with uh, Mandela. Uh, you know, in a very privileged way. In and you know, especially if I'm I'm feeling a bit it's a bit tough. I think, well, how lucky are we? You know what have other people gone through, and what have they been able to achieve? So, it's 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 a journey. It's not it's not about today. It's 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 the journey. Make you know I make as I say I try uh, make a positive difference every day, but it's very much about the journey mm. and keeping focus. It is amazing, isn't it? I think he spent like twenty seven years on Robben Island, and not to um, come out bitter or angry. Um, was extraordinary, I think. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I wanted to go back now to um, mental health and mental health claims, which is obviously a big part for every work cover, work safe around Australia now. There's been, you know, studies by the Future Forum, which covered about 10 countries and said that 40% of workers now have a, have a feeling of being burnt out. It's higher than that for women. Women, I think, is it's like about 48%. Recent research by Atlassian and PwC said that mental health is the number one societal issue that um, employees now care about. But uh, in terms of its importance for the new world of work, um, a Microsoft study said that for successful hybrid work, there needs to be three things, a positive culture, mental health and purpose. So uh, in a very, very short period of time, that the profile of mental health in the workplace 
has increased dramatically and, and for good reason. And I think it has risen onto the executive gender in more ways than one. Have you seen with your interaction with employers that focus increase as well and 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 are pleased with the progress? You're so right in, in, in what you're saying, Graham, there. And it it's it's definitely uh you know a major focus area for us at WorkCover. Um and if I if I can just start by talking about the hybrid workplace, uh, you know, I must say I think the whilst it's uh, uh, most people very much very quick to embrace it, uh, a lot of people are finding out that um, whilst it's nice to be at home, uh, it's it's that lack of connection. Mm. You know, we're social animals, so that catches yeah. up, and uh, I I I do think that that's. Uh, you know, we believe that that's a real sleeper that's going to come and come and bite organisations into the future. Um, one of, to be very honest, uh, there's a long way to go in educating organisations on 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 how to keep the well well. And we've been working on this for many years. Queensland's just put in place a very good uh, psychosocial code of conduct. Which is uh, which is a great start about setting standards and expectations, but there's a long journey to educate people, employers and employees of 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 what's important here, um, and, and what's what's required. There's very few organisations that I would say that we are seeing that is doing a good job in this space. Um, we didn't have the impacts of COVID that. New South Wales and Victoria did. Uh, we, we still had enough impacts, and uh, sadly, the impacts, whilst they weren't necessarily um, COVID uh, virus real, um, uh, as the cause, uh, occupational violence and things like that was was uh, is very much on the increase. And of course, if you're experiencing that at home with no support around you that can be enormously impactful. So we're actually finding that a lot of people, we work on a hybrid uh, arrangement. Uh, we're finding that people are coming back uh, back into the office. We're encouraging it strongly. Um, we're probably running about 64% in the office. And uh, in the office, we have professional support for people, uh, for our employees. And you know, we're trying to you know, naturally, uh, it's important for us to lead by example, um, but it's 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 hard. There are people that just, for them, the whole world has changed and will never go back to working in the office. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I I like everyone uh, find it useful to work uh, in in a quiet place like the at home. Uh, but you know, every now and then, if I do it. If I do it once a week, that would be the maximum. Uh, it's also very important to be connected, and it's that support that we get from each other in the uh, in the socialised workplace that um, helps us. You know, to one to understand, to check in, as you say, are you okay? Uh, check in every day with each other, yeah. uh, not virtually, uh, personally. Yeah, personally, and it's you know there is so much that's missed on, in this virtual world. Yeah, the sense yeah. of. Connection, and I, I think that connection and, and responsiveness um, have both dropped substantially mm. uh, as we've gone to this 
this hybrid world. I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to uh, change. I, I, I don't think, I think the hybrid world's here to stay. It's just mm-hmm. about at what levels. Yeah, yeah. And, and I fully agree that um, you can't replace the face-to-face interaction, catching up with people. But I think one of the things we really have to work on is how we build connection when we are working remotely, when we aren't together, and how do we, you know, get to know each other better, get to know how is best to work with me, how is best to work with you. Um, you know, there's some of the learnings I think we have to make for this to ultimately be successful because there are lots of upsides about hybrid. You know, you can have some really focused time at home, as you say, um, but there has to be that sort of face-to-face reaction. Some organisations and, uh, you know, Atlassian is one of them, for example, that says you don't ever have to come back to the office <laughs> and they've decided to go that path and it will be interesting to see if they stay that way. I also... Um, know that PwC in the US said that, um, you know, you only have to come to the office one day a month <laughs> if, if you want to. So there are all these experiments going on and uh, ultimately we'll learn, you know, what's going to work. And there won't be one, one size fits all. You know, I think they'll be working out what's right for the organisation, the team and the individual to, um, you know, to be able to progress. I think that's spot on, Graeme. Uh, you know, even in our organisation, we have some roles that clearly can't be done uh, remote and uh, that doesn't happen. Uh, we've got other roles that could could definitely, like an Atlassian uh, in, the, in the tech space that you know, work remotely, they tend to work by themselves um, consistently. Uh, we, you know, the key I think we're finding is it's the, the touch points are the uh, are the criti- the critical things come together, you know, with some for team meetings, come together for celebrations, come together for 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 planning and 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 brainstorming, you know, come together for you know we have mandatory one on ones face to face, but around that, you know, the task side of things can be done anywhere. That's right, uh, anywhere, anytime. We've been doing that for years. Yeah, um, it's it's. It's more about you know how best to uh, collaborate and um, connect on the creative, which is of course what we're all trying to do: build a better organisation day by day. On the on the world front, um, and looking at different countries, Jacinda Ardern has earned a reputation as being a kind and, and caring leader. Um, just recently, she announced that she needed to step down because she didn't have any fuel left in the tank. How does uh, a caring leader like her and, and also yourself just make sure you can catch yourself early so that it doesn't mean you have to make a sudden massive adjustment like that? Well, thankfully, I'm not in that area of politics. Uh, that is relentless and uh, demanding and quite unforgiving in the sense of the time and cost on people's lives. And I absolutely admire Jacinta for what she's done uh, and, and given and to the people in New Zealand, and but also in the sense of the decision that she made. Uh, I think it's really important. Jacinta's done a fantastic job of, of supporting the people of New Zealand and also at the same time of uh, uh, juggling family matters, family issues. I think 
it's very admirable as to the decision that Jacinta's made to step down after a, what you might say is a short uh, period of time in, in politics. But uh, politics is uh, can take so much out of out of one. It's uh, unforgiving and relentless and and uh, I guess sometimes a lot of time ruthless, but which takes a lot of um, time and energy to be on top of. So I think she's done a fantastic job in New Zealand, and I really admire her for the decision she's taken. Um, being young, I think she's got so much, uh, you know, her age, which is not necessarily uh, anything of any concern these days as far as age, but uh, she's got a, a lot of uh, a lot of life ahead of her. Uh, you know, when it comes to myself, I think um, the the test that I put on myself is I'm, I'm always uh, family first um, every day of the week, mm-hmm. uh, myself included, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a person that um, really uh, I guess I judge my ability to continue based on levels of energy. So if I uh, if I find and I've given a commitment to my director boards and board that if I get to a point where, one, I'm not enjoying, um, I don't feel that I have the energy to continue, that I, I will uh, step aside, and that's not based on 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 getting to a point of burnout. I won't. I'm, I'm very self-aware. In that sense, I, uh, I'll, I'll look after myself as, as much as a CEO can. Uh, so, so in the sense of um, just organising my time around things and just say the strategy in my diary to ensure that I've I've got some some downtime to reflect and refresh. Uh, got some time to uh, have that walk of of an evening, uh, which is just really really important. Uh, switching off on the weekends, uh, it's it's just critical to be able to you know to keep that uh, high level of energy continuing. Yeah, wonderful. It's been absolute. Privilege to catch up today, Bruce. I really enjoyed our chat covering a wide range of topics. Um, I always finish with knowing what you know now, having um, you know been in a number of roles and senior roles. What advice would you give your seventeen-year-old self? Um, you know, first day as an apprentice electrician in a coal mine. What what advice would you give yourself, knowing what you know now? Uh, it would definitely be along the lines of use the two ears and one mouth in that proportion. Really focus on listening and asking deeper questions, uh, and make those inquiries in order to give uh, yourself the best opportunity to make the best calls in life. Yeah, I love the uh, you know the two ears one mouth thing. It's easy to forget sometimes, but uh, you know being able to ask. Those questions is um, I one of the people that I've also interviewed. Um, oh, I've just lost you. <laughs> he, he, anyway, he wrote a book called Everybody Matters. His name's Bob Chapman, and he said, which I really loved. He said, "You show you care by listening, not by talking." And you know, empathetic listening, where you get to uncover root causes and all that sort of thing. And I thought that was a wonderful term. And um, it looks like you've really discovered the huge upside in listening as well. And uh, thanks so much for being part of The Caring CEO. Thank you, Grant. Thanks for joining us today. And we hope you've learned some practical tips that you can try with your team. 
If you've enjoyed this interview today, please rate us on your favorite podcast platform. We also welcome any comments. If you're interested in seeing more details about our simple, scalable WeCare365 mental health training programs, please visit us at wecare365.com.au. We strive to make these programs easily accessible, practical, and ongoing. If you've been impressed by a caring CEO you would like to see interviewed, please email us at support at wecare365.com.au. Thanks once again for joining us.